Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! We're just going to kick off with the guy who was revealed in the crowd. NXT TakeOvers love to do this. Mm-hmm. They... They will show someone in the crowd in between matches, and it just so happens to be one of the hottest free agents in wrestling, or someone who's just left Impact, or someone who's mysteriously disappeared from Ring of Honor, or just wrestling around on the indies. And this one was Keith Lee, a man we are, who opened this show in this in that bumper just before. Uh, some excellent matches with Tomohiro Ishii over the last six months in Rev Pro that we just keep on banging on about and now he's there the man has so much charisma you couldn't hear what he was saying but just his face he oozes star presence he was essentially just saying bask in my glory which is his catchphrase and the fact that he is limitless he actually is the man behind one of my favorite matches of all time you know we were talking last week about the it was i think it was last week the um the kazuchika Okada kenny omega thing and you're like is it the greatest match you've ever seen and i said it is the greatest match probably this ever happened but it's not my favorite match of all time however the match that keith lee had against donovan dijak in pro wrestling gorilla last year was one of the greatest things i've ever seen it was just like that was a seven star match it was absolutely faultless and now dijak is also in nxt he just rather unceremoniously debuted in a losing effort on tv the other week certainly did with a new name i think he's just called chris Chris dijak Dijak. doesn't sound as cool but keith lee he was Builders Keith Lee, so it looks like he's going to be keeping that name. I just can't. If you don't know who we're talking about, I'm. I mean, you should really because we talk about him a lot on this channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and find some clips of him. Just search Keith Lee. The man, the way he carries himself. We realised recently that he moves like Rikishi. Yes. And that he's in his head whip back and forth. And he's a very, very large man, 330 pounds, about six foot five, mm-hmm. who can do moonsaults. You, what was the way you described him? I, I said he's as wide as like a as a refrigerator. He's like, a fridge freezer. He's looks yeah. like he looks like a big fridge freezer. And then I saw that fridge freezer do a moonsault. And like there's there's a really good um, uh, gif that you can find on on Twitter between him and Jeff Cobb. Which is just absolutely wonderful because I think like Jeff Cobb is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world as well. But like he's just, it, it's so good, and he is an incredible, incredible talent. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in NXT. Yeah, and that, I'm, I'm, I'm with a really big light. 
that particular clip is is two very large guys, Cobb and Lee, just doing the international leapfrog uh, goes down, like moving around like cruiserweights. Cruiserweights in slow motion, I grant you. Yes. But still, it's very impressive. <laughs> yeah. Like they're underwater. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'd, it, I don't know what's going to happen next for Lee. I was going to say, like, what do we... I mean, the first thing I thought was just like, man, I want to see him and Alistair Black. Like, you know, just slum frames it. But then again, like with Alistair Black... I mean, we'll talk about that when we do the full review. Like, I really want, like, a bigger and better feud for Alistair Black going into Brooklyn 4 than he's had going into Chicago. But, yeah, I really think that they to just get Lee, like, get the ball rolling straight away. Don't... What I'm afraid of they doing is doing essentially what they've done with War Raiders, which is War Raiders had this big old, like, debut at the last NXT show, which was NXT New Orleans, TakeOver New Orleans. They debuted, like, the week after that. Like, it was the same taping, but they debuted the week after, just interrupting a tag team match. But since then, they have done nothing. Mm. Like, they have had squash matches, and they have beaten Heavy Machinery and Tito Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. And you're like, <laughs> cool, but, like, what, what's next? Like, so I don't, want, I, what I don't want Keith Lee to do, because I just think that he's, got, he's much more than doing that, is to just bring him in and just have him do squash matches for a while, and then be like, ah, we've actually got an out for you, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that that would be not the worst thing for him because squash matches would be a great way to build up his character. But yeah, he needs a story. He needs a goal immediately when he comes in. And for me, the NXT title is too early. And that's mm-hmm. you've got Black and you've got Ricochet for that for that title. However, you've got a North American Championship that's yes. gathering dust around Adam Cole's waist. Have a Keith Lee Adam Cole EC3 feud over that mixed in with some Lee squash matches, staring holes in colon commentary or something yeah like this is what i can do yeah. my name's keith lee that i mean that sounds pretty great i was going to say adam cole like she's a really good example of something that, that he can do because like you compare the uh the the tr- the journey that ricochet has had since debuting compared to the one that ec3 has had like ricochet the first thing he did was go straight into the storyline with the velveteen dream and it's been probably the most talked about thing on NXT in the build between New Orleans and Chicago because it has been a really because the dream is so good at doing these sorts of feuds and Ricochet is incredible but EC3 hasn't ha- really had a lot to do so they kind of sort of build I, I guess EC3 is now going to sort of find his footing coming up soon he was in the crowd here again um, Triple H was really putting him over on the conference call that he had with the wrestling journalists so I think that like yeah, maybe he doesn't like do anything straight off the bat. Maybe he doesn't have the ricochet journey, but he maybe has the EC3 journey. Mm. Like, so no, nothing at Brooklyn, but something at whatever the Survivor Series one is. There's a lot of talent right now, and there's only five matches per take mm-hmm. the card, so not everyone can have something. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We got everything right, by the way. In our predictions, we're very good. I did like the uh, the comment that someone had left. It was like, "What a pointless prediction show!" Because you've just said the same things. I was like, "Well, I mean, what do you want us to do? Like, just say, just do opposite day. Mm. I'll well, just say the opposite to what you do." We're we're not gonna toy around with. Oh, we we've got the exact same, so one of us has to do a different different one because this is on the line, and at the moment, this lives. I don't know what happens with a draw. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, champions advantage. I keep. <laughs> so yeah, it's coming down to money in the bank tonight for what what happens to this jacket. And there are some wild differences on there. Yeah, but it might be equaled out by our lady partner predictions. It's all it's all kicking off. But this show, so yeah, we won't go through our predictions because we got all of it right. Mm-hmm. Five for five. But it kicked off with the undisputed era of Roderick Strong and Carlo Riley. Carlo Riley, by the way is my favourite wrestler in WWE. I said to you last week, he's got my new favourite gimmick at the moment, which is getting people's names wrong. Calling him Peter Dune. Mm. Like, it's just, it's so great because it's so flippant. Like, he doesn't do it to be like, by the way, I'm saying your name wrong. I think that's, in his character, that's just what he thinks his name is. Because he doesn't care. He's such an unsung hero as well. Because he is so good in the ring. So good in the ring. And I just love the style he wrestles in. And yeah, he's just got this douchebag persona. Yeah, the way rips off him. The way he plays like his belt like a guitar to the Undisputed Era riff. It's so good. Yeah, because it's just like Hulk Hogan, but like Hulk Hogan did it because he thought it looked cool. I'm pretty sure Kyle Riley does it because like no, it makes you look like a complete dick, and that's why I'm gonna do it. They so they were defending against only Lorkin and Danny Birch, also known as the Big Bald Bastards. They are big, bald, mean dudes, mm. and. They So the Chicago crowd, great crowd all night, uh, and they're super into everything, but that also means they choose who they cheer. And yeah. although this was set up as the undisputed era as the heels and only Lorcan and Danny Birch were the, the baby faces, the Chicago crowd were like, now nah, we're gonna we're gonna cheer the, the undisputed era, and I think that's fair enough because yeah. it, it was it's kind of surprising that that Danny and Oni were put into this position. Like I know they've been kind of pushed on TV, but it's been like a very sudden push. It's very much just like, and these are the lads we're putting on here because prior to this, they haven't really been winning matches. So it was really surprising that they're in this sort of tag team title position that they almost just like inserted themselves into. So I don't think they were really over enough to the point yeah. where okay, these guys are now ready for a tag team title shot. And that was really reflective in this because there was a huge pop when the shock, the system, and like when they came out, massive pop for them from the Chicago crowd. But it was like almost abject silence to mm. Danny Burch and Ernie Lorcan because the crowd were like, 
Yeah, not that bothered really. But credit where credit is due, these lads turned that around because yes. the crowd were booing any time they were on offense and cheering every time the Unspeed Era offense. But by the end of the match, the crowd were into both teams. Mm. And I think this was one of those moments when an undercard talent that hasn't really been getting a push on TV creates you know that that buzz about them so when they debut so when they come back to tv next week everyone's like oh my god they had that amazing match it's almost like the velveteen dream against alistair black yes it's like it's a you know a career making match and they got a stand innovation at the end yeah. from the crowd they got the the spot to stand in there while the undisputed era even though they won walked to the back and in, in defeat everyone cheered them and yeah hopefully it really does get them over because they were really really good so good well it was it was so strange to see because there were boos but then the first part of the match was building up to this only Lorkin hot tag. Hot tag in. Boo! Yeah. Like a really strong boo. And later on, Adam Cole cheats. Really, you know, really big cheat in, in breaking up a pin when Birch and Lorkin look to have it won. And the referee sends Cole to the back and the crowd chant, ball S-word. <laughs> they were not and happy I, with that. I was like, no, no, no. Steady on, guys. <laughs> That was an illegal manoeuvre, and Cole, brilliant. Did you hear what he was yelling no. as he was going up the ramp? I did nothing wrong! He's <laughs> uh, great. Yeah, really good. But th that's how... It's not, you know... It's, it's a testament to all the guys in this match. A lot of people are saying this was their... You said it was their your favourite match. Did you? I don't think I've said it to my favorite. Oh, OK. I, I, we haven't, we haven't no, we that. haven't spoken, have we? <laughs> no, a lot of people are saying this was their favourite match on the show. It, you know, I, looking back on it, it very well could be. Um, we'll you know work that out as we sort of go on, but I mean, I I just thought it was absolutely terrific. It was just like some amazing spots throughout, incredible storytelling. I am um, I was driving to a friend's house yesterday, um, listening to Gorilla Position doing their predictions for this, and I'm I'm quite a quiet driver, especially if I'm on my own because I usually listen to podcasts or if I sometimes listen to music, I'll sing along with the music that I'm listening to. Great but, insight, but. I was listening to this, and one of them, I'm not going to name names because I don't want him getting any hate online, but it was just like, I really don't like Adam Cole, he does nothing for me. And I literally went, oh, get out! <laughs> so I, uh, my my lady partner had her lady friend over, and uh, this was Hayley, mm -hmm. and Hayley was very taken with Adam Cole, baby. Uh, uh, well, who wouldn't be? She was just like, he's got amazing eyes. And I turned, this was the, like, it's rare for someone to show interest in wrestling in my house. So I just pounced on this. He has, hasn't he? He's got really nice eyes. <laughs> yes. And he's a really good wrestler. And Haley's like, oh, I used to watch wrestling as a kid. Do you want to watch this match? <laughs> she was leaving this morning. Uh, but yes, and, and then she actually ended up, maybe I should get back into wrestling. Oh, well, I know a good channel where I should start. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they, so Adam Cole is sent to the back and the crowd... Boo. I mean, that should have been a DQ, really. It's 100%. In, in yeah. my eyes. I don't know why the referee was so lenient. And he was, but the commentators should should have put that over. Like, the, the referee obviously wants a winner here, yeah. up to his discretion, but they didn't. Uh, not the... The, comment, the commentary was good tonight, yes. but it wasn't perfect, because they did miss out certain key points like that. Yeah, Morrow wasn't there. He was on, uh, as they said, assignment. He was um, covering boxing for, for someone else. So Vic Showtime. Jo yeah, so Vic Joseph of uh, 205 Live fame was filling in for him. And I thought that Vic did fine, mm. but like... And I think that Vic is actually a very good commentator, but he doesn't have that that Mauro Ranallo personality, where Mauro Ranallo is like, it's commentary dialed up to 15. Like, he's just like, anytime like someone does a drop kick, Mauro Ranallo, like, it's like Austin won the title. Like, and he just, you know, carries on. But like, Vic Joseph is in that Todd Phillips mold of just like, 
I am if I'm excited, I'm just going to talk louder. But yeah. in the same cadence, <laughs> but it's louder now. He's a very good commentator, but for me, he's not to everyone's taste. Moro is an excellent otherworldly level commentator. Yes, absolutely. So that that's the difference there. So yeah. Cole's sent to the back, and this is really where the match went up to the next level through to the end and the crowd really started to get on the side of the baby faces and the heels and they were sort of just cheering everything and there's this beautiful sequence where Lorkin has a single leg crab on Roderick Strong and Carlo Riley comes in and kicks Lorkin in the face of course only Lorkin he's a big hard bastard just looks at him and screams and doesn't let go of the hold and Carlo Riley like steps back and goes steady on mate and uh who, who is it? It's Birch runs in and gets Carlo Riley in the crossface. And for a moment there, I was like, oh, yeah, because it's a tag team match at a takeover show. There must be a double submission spot. I can't wait for the bit where they both stop each other from tapping, which is an excellent spot. But it is somewhat overdone. But they didn't do that here. There was this just brilliant bit where Carlo Riley rolled through the crossface. So he's underneath looking up at Lorkin and kicks Lorkin's face off of the single leg crab and then they they all all four fall down the crowd really start cheering for everyone and then they both get up on either side and just do a brawl just do a big old hockey fight and yeah it was just a, a terrific finishing sequence and as you said like undisputed era when they did the total elimination and they won and the crowd gave Oni and Birch a standing ovation at the end. So I went, I've written here, mission accomplished. Yeah. Like this was a match that was designed to get these two over. And holy hell, did that work? I, re- I mean, you, you've uh, spoken very highly of Danny Birch before because you know, you're mates in that. I know. So <laughs> I've, I've done one show with him once. And he is, he, really nice guy. Really nice guy. But he's just got a presence about him. That if I ever caught eyes with him in a pub... I would just leave that pub. Yeah, because he's a bigger boy. He's he's just intimidating. He's the biggest of the bigger boys. But he's not big. He's just like, he's just Terrifying. got that face. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like good, like East London hard man. Mm. So like, yeah, and I, I think they're both really, really great. I really liked the feud that they had that built up this tag team. And I thought they were going to get the push off the back of that. But then, as I said, they've just done nothing but lose matches. But this was, I thought was a star making match for them as mm. a tag team. Yeah, really good. I gave it for those who are interested. On the douchebag scale, four and a quarter stars. Loved does, it. Uh, does, um, are, are, does, does your star rating system just get broken willy-nilly whenever you see a really good match? Not yet. No. I mean, I'm waiting for that Melina or Alicia Fox too. <laughs> Possibly a six star. <laughs> uh, then we had Kyrie Sane shot in the crowd, to which my lady partner, she was only half paying attention, to be fair, said, oh, is that Asuka? <laughs> Oh, yeah. a, a bit of fun unintentional racism <laughs> you daft <dark> racist <laughs> and then we got Ricochet taking on Velveteen Dream I've written here holy F that video package ruled so good so good and you know, this was interesting because my lady partner was hanging round and she she just like stopped and started watching this video package because she likes the flips of Ricochet and she found Velveteen Dream hilarious yeah and it's really interesting from someone who doesn't like wrestling to see them slowly get encaptured by stuff like this yeah and she she probably would have watched the match if she hadn't had to leave and that's that's what the main roster needs to be doing storytelling and characters of this quality to draw those people who are casuals and don't even think about wrestling to watch it and then they become invested just because they give it a chance because they're intrigued by one bit and they the story around this feud has been like the dream has been keep saying to ricochet 
anything you can do, I can do better. Because Dream is just like, hey, like, you may be, like, you know, king of the indies and all this, but I'm the Velveteen Dream. I just walked into this place. I'm a homegrown talent. Anything you could do, I can do better. And, not, like, so that's been a great feud building in. But they then told that throughout this match. It was them trying to just one-up each other. Uh, the Dream trying to show that I can do Ricochet's moveset, which you sort of can, but again, at half speed. And Ricochet doing the Velveteen Dreams movesets. And it was just a brilliantly told story. I loved this match. I thought this match was absolutely awesome. And there's some great moments in this video package that I just want to talk about because I love they showed this on NXT. And I was like, that's one of the best video packages I've ever seen. And there's a moment when Ricochet was like, yeah, like Patrick Clark got his start on Tough Enough and you know did this and then he was like got handed his contract. And the Dream just goes, Dream doesn't remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh the like you said, this it wasn't like the best match in ring wise because there were botches. Because the dream is still he's only been wrestling for two, three years from the get go, so that's very impressive. Uh, but yeah, there was still some miscommunications, several loudly called spots. But storyline wise, and just the way the characters played off each other, the way the story was told through the action, this were to me and what I like about wrestling. I preferred it over the tag match. Even though the tag yeah. match was like a better in-ring worked match, mm -hmm. I just loved the story of it. Like you said, it was it was anything you can do, I can do better. It started off with Ricochet just doing incredible move after incredible flip and even like map-based stuff as well. He was out-wrestling Velveteen all the way over. And then I think uh, Dream just knocks the... It's, it's always Dream's ring IQ. That seems to be his trump card. He knocks the the top rope when Ricochet's going to do a springboard, Ricochet falls down, hits his neck and that gives Dream the opening to go on top for a bit and that's when he starts to do his versions of Ricochet's moves yes. which are you know, yeah, you know he, he tried. He did and he try. did hit them. Yeah, he's going to say, credit where credit is due. Also, Ricochet uh, came down. I've written first thing I've written here. Dream's music has such a sweet bass line to it. But that's he good. came out dressed as Hulk Hogan. Why is that? Because Hulk Hogan is coming back, I guess. It's, it's more of those like indicators just like, hey, you know, we are we're okay to mention Hogan's name. We're okay to mention that Hogan is a is a cool guy. And I did think to myself, I was like, bearing in mind what Hogan got fired for, I'm sure he was less than thrilled about this. Um Unless of course, you know, people grow, people change. No no no. Look, look, some of Hulk Hogan's best friends are of that ethnicity. And are gay. Yeah. Yeah, so so there you go. That's and this is you know dream dream is a black man. Yeah, I mean well, he, what a, what an ingenious way by WWE to start putting Hulk Hogan colors on uh, African Americans and you can yeah exactly it's, after a while it's it's fine. Everyone just forgets. Everyone just moves on. Yeah, it's yeah. just that brainwashing thing. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't get any. That would make sense because WWE would definitely have to clear Dream going out in the colours of a disgraced wrestler. Well, that, he's doing the mannerisms as yeah, well. Yeah, like, yeah. he was doing the whole entrance and everything. And, my, like, Nigel on commentary is saying Hulk mm. Hogan lyrics. I didn't... I, I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. I just thought, oh, Dream's being Dream. <laughs> <laughs> don't see how that relates to Ricochet, because usually he does something to riff off his yeah. opponent's character. But I also wonder as well, because obviously the last time he had, a, like, a big takeover match that wasn't the ladder match, he was mimicking Rick Rude. Because he had like the tie dye, where he like drawn like, his and Alistair yeah. Black's, like, you know, spray painting them on there. So that's Rick Rude on this pay per view. Hogan on this pay per view. Maybe he's just like mimicking eighties wrestlers. No, um, so it was it was that for 
black. And then in... Uh, well, I guess there's an 80s argument again, because for Cassius Ono, KO, it was all about how Dream could knock him out in 30 seconds. And he oh, came down yeah. in the boxer's shorts. Kind of a rocky vibe. I forgot about that. Another yeah. 80s match. I really like that match. Hmm. Uh, so, yes, uh, this is how it plays out. And then... It, it did go on for a bit too long. Like, there was a bit in the middle third that I thought that they could have cut out. Yes. But the end stuff was just fantastic storytelling, particularly all based around two turnbuckles. Like, yeah. you had all the stuff. It really felt like it was an absolute war in one little bit of the ring. Like, the, like you didn't even care about the rest of the ring. It was all based around this turnbuckle. And it was Ricochet going for the the purple rainmaker elbow because he got cocky it was like i know i'm gonna beat you Didn't. at your game but uh dream countered it and then dream went for ricochet's move is it? no no so um so he went for the purple rainmaker uh where have i got my notes here uh, this is after Dream has been slapping Ricochet saying, yeah, you belong dream... in a bingo hall. Yeah. I'm awesome. I'm a wrestling god. Yeah, he goes up top, um, but Dream rolls away and he decides he goes and then hits like a, a, a giant um, uh, shooting star press yes. over it in here and then Dream got the knees up. Yes, he got yeah, the knees really up of that far. and got the near fall off. Yeah, it was a giant shooting star press, wasn't it? He got the near fall off of that. Then Dream hits the, or drove to hit the purple Rainmaker three quarters of the way across the ring, but ricochet rolled out of the way hit the 630 and got the win yeah so it's like a that last third is just a battle of egos and i really really like that when it comes to wrestling because you need story and you need character so you've got a very solid foundation to work with but it also really protects the guy that loses because he's not lost because he lacks in physical ability or toughness he's lost because of a character flaw and that's so much more satisfying as a narrative because he Dream thought he could hit this elbow across the ring when really he should have just gone from a, for a simple move. But he wanted to better Ricochet and then some. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. That It's really, I've written here, absolutely blinding storytelling. Yeah, it was really, really good. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. It was awesome. And to get both men more over after a match. And it's, it's Dream. It's Dream's character that allows this to happen for other, other wrestlers. Like, it's almost like... The other wrestlers go, okay, I'm going to bring my wrestling ability to this. Dream, you bring the story and the character. Yeah. And it's all it's been a perfect match every time they've gone out there. Feud after feud. And uh, this was one of the commentators' better performances because I really thought they communicated that story. Mm -hmm. uh, great stuff. I gave it four and a half stars. I, I, I can't dispute that. Yeah, it was I great. thought it was great. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't so great next. Yeah, I mean, positives. This video package also ruled. Um, I really like this. I I really, really like Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna Baszler is a really great character. She's a really great performer of that character as well. Just like the way she does her like sit down interviews and stuff and the way she kind of like she freaked out at the end. I was just like, why are you even asking me that question? This is why I don't do these interviews and stuff like that. She's very flippant. Character. I like I really like that. This, this sort of bully persona she's got that she's like, why? Why is anyone even trying to step to me? Because look at me. I'm, I'm Shayna Baszler. And then the sort of moments where she's like holding the belt and Nikki Cross are like there's a little, you know, that she drops the belt and freaks out of it. And then just like, Ooh. I, I just think that Shayna Baszler is someone who has not been doing this for very long, but has just got it. Really, really, she's picked this up insanely quickly. Much quicker than you could argue 
someone another four horsewoman who was up on you know somewhere else in this company shall we say i just think that she really has got something special in her however this wasn't the best match ronda so far has had I, I better matches i didn't say i said it was ronda has had better matches than Shayna better, baser better matcher she's only had the one yeah I know. <laughs> so she has much better but much better like well, that's, that's say, one of the best matches of the year it's, in, it, it's probably in my top 10 absolutely um, so there is always that but then we watch Ronda week to week and like mm. that wasn't the best uh, so I always think that Shayna does so this this match was based around Shayna being a bully to all the other women on the NXT roster but how can you bully someone like Nikki Cross who's insane and shows no fear and it was effectively all built around Nikki no selling, well, not no selling stuff, but selling stuff by laughing Joker style in Baszler's face, hmm. and it just didn't. Something didn't clip, click. It never really grabbed my attention or definitely the crowd's attention because they got distracted by something off screen. I think it was a beach ball. No, I hope not. I don't think an NXT crowd for Chicago. I think someone sent us saying uh, sent us a message on Twitter to say that it was a beach ball. Ah, oh, that's a shame. I expect that on the main roster where. WWE don't respect their fans, but NXT really respects their fans. So, shame on you, whoever did that. So, uh, that's all someone has said. I don't know if that's mm. that is a fact, but it's just that is what someone sent to me. Yeah. So, no one really got invested in this. I mean, I'm speaking for me. Did you feel the same? Getting, inv- I, I thought the crowd weren't invested into it. Are you personally? Personally, I thought that the build compared to much like a two week build. I thought the build was better than the actual match itself. It's it's the same on a lot of these this show. Where it's stuff that seems to be thrown together in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, because the Whereas next usually match takeovers is... are apart from the main event, which is three years in the making. Maybe they just they yeah focus on that one. Yeah, uh, but the end, and I have to say, takeover. This is the best thing about takeovers for me. Not not the in ring action, not the great feuds. It is the finishes. All five finishes on this show were brilliant. Just really good from character and story again. We keep saying that because that's those are the most important things. And Shayna has this sleeper locked in and Nikki is smiling in the sleeper. And that's because she, she's crazy. But the last thing is that her smile fades and she faints and she's she she passes out. Yeah. So that's the end of the match. But a great visual to end on. Uh, do you think Nikki's getting called up with Sanity? Well, that seems to be the, the popular theory, is that they were, quote, holding off on debuting Sanity until Nikki was out of this feud and then can go up with them. I think that would be a really good thing for um, for Sanity. I think they're, they're better as a foursome. I'm not sure I really... I haven't enjoyed Nikki Cross on her own without the rest of them there. Like, it just seems, mm. just seems weird, like, not having all four of them there. It's just one of them there. But... You know, I, I think that that would be a really good thing. But as I said, like when we saw on the Saturday show, that's the the rumor is that there is a, a copyright issue with Sanity's name, which is why they've not debuted yet. And also the Money in the Bank. And also the Money in the tag Bank team tag ladder team ladder match, match got cancelled, and and they didn't have a backup plan for them. Uh, so I gave that two and a half stars. I think that's also fair. I I've, I mean I just wrote that I I enjoyed it, but it's okay. But I think that was more of the finish than anything else. <clears throat> Then we got EC3 and Keith Lee being in the crowd. We've already spoken about that. Certainly did. And then we got our NXT title match. Uh, not the main event of the show. And I think rightly so. Yes, I think when you've got something like uh, <coughs> this blood feud of Gargano and Champa, then it's it's okay for the NXT Championship match not to be the main event. Well, yes. Uh, unless this also had a good feud. 
but like you said it was it's a two to three week build but also with the finish you had for that gargano champa match oh, like yeah. that it's the same like when you they did the chicago turn last year because you had that big turn at the end of it that match had to headline the show because you need like that you you needed to end the show on that moment mm. and there was certain visuals in this that you kind of wanted to end the show on so the story of uh, Alistair Black versus Lars Sullivan was that Lars can... Well, Alistair's been beating everyone with the Black Mass. You get hit by the Black Mass, you're dumb. But Lars can catch the Black Mass. Such a super cool spot and way to get over this storyline. Mm. Just as like one thing to build everything around. Because uh, you've got so much mileage there, you can build a whole feud off of it and the actual in-ring action yes so it's really really tight so they just chose to concept do it wise the, they just chose to do it in the last two weeks yeah uh but i mean it's the catchphrase so far great video package <laughs> yes and they have a it's sort of good match like i enjoyed it but again it's, it's something didn't click like i personally i never ever bought into any near fall of Lars Sullivan. No, and neither did I. And it's the same with, I thought, the Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross match. I never bought Nikki winning mm. the match. And I wonder if that is because like these feuds have just only been built on the last couple of weeks of TV, rather than it's like been an extended feud that's been built around a lot more. And it's just been, you know, that, that spot where he caught the Black Mass, it was that, and he laid him out with the freak accident. Like, it's the only two angles that they have done to build this feud. It's not enough for a champ. In my view, it's not enough to build a championship match when you have had eight weeks worth of television. Like that, it's not enough. I totally get you, and I agree. You do need more story to get us invested and kind of believe going into the match. But inside the match, when it's the action's actually underway, they can still do things to make me believe in their falls. That's true. Like yeah. I was not into the tag team match, for instance. Uh, but they won me over. They made me cheer the baby faces <laughs> eventually uh, because of the in-ring action. It's very true. So there needed, there really needed to be a spot in the at the start of the last act of this match where Lars hits like a freak accident out of nowhere and immediately goes for the pin and needs to make me go oh like that. But I never even got close to even a ooh. I don't think the crowd did either. No, crowd, no. crowd. Did not buy into Lars winning this match whatsoever. Yeah, and that that was the main problem because all the other stuff, well, apart from one bit, yeah. oh, that was such a shame. Such a shame. That's exactly yeah. what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> such a shame. Yeah, that was uh, so. So yeah, it was all it was all good, competent stuff, and particularly impressive from Lars because he he hung in there. I thought mm -hmm. he he had a good showing, and I just love the way he flails and moves around like this crazy human experiment of this a monster. Jack Kirby creation yeah. come to life. Brilliant line from Moro. <laughs> but yes, at the end, really close to the end as well, Alistair Black goes for a black mass, slaps his leg for the sound, is a mile away from anything resembling a Lars Sullivan, and Lars Sullivan falls down and everyone knows immediately like i could just feel black on the floor going oh crap i can feel the referee going oh that looked terrible yeah. and all the commentators going mm, oh did it hit? Oh, did i don't it? think i don't think he got all of it yeah, <laughs> he didn't he got nothing of it yeah nigel's trying to put it over like oh yeah he just i mean didn't didn't even say like oh i think the force of it and just the <laughs> the <laughs> wind got him <laughs> It's such a powerful move. It's like a Dragon Ball Z thing. You get yeah. hit, but it's actually the explosion around oh it that God, actually yeah. hurts you. And the crowd kind of go into this stunned silence of, 
did that actually just happen? Yeah. And there, I think there was a moment where everyone was like, oh, that's a... It's a yeah. shame. A shame is a perfect <laughs> way to, to describe it because I've written it. Shame about the finish. Mm. Yeah, so it was, it's a bit of a shame. But that feeling amongst the crowd didn't last long because then they went into, you effed up. Yes. You yeah, effed up. Because yeah. I, I, at first I thought, oh, I wonder if that was meant to be the finish. Mm. But then they... I, 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 it turns out it wasn't supposed to be because they did a uh, spot instead where Alistair Black hit the Black Mass, actually did hit it this time, and Lance Sullivan fell down but got straight back up again. Which, and I thought Nigel sold this really, really well on commentary. Nigel yeah. was going nuts. Yeah. And that, like, how is he still standing? Like, no one gets up from this. And so, yeah, I, you know, the actual finish itself was fine, but it was a shame about that blown spot. Mm. And it's a shame as well that that's the, the sort of the big takeaway from the match, really, because there's not there wasn't really anything else to kind of like remember from it. Just, yeah. It's a shame. Well, I think Lars Sullivan getting over is, is what I'm going to take from it rather than I don't that. know if he did get over in this mm. loss, though. Mm, I, I disagree. I really so I really liked his performance. And I again, I love the finish uh, that. So, yeah, he hits it, and then he doesn't stand back up, but he sort of gets up to one knee and is trying to... He's obviously knocked out, but he's got so much fight. Mm-hmm. And then Black has that look at him, that moment of, yeah, you're pretty... You're pretty you're pretty tough, you. Tough, and then he hits another one. So And it's like that show of respect that Braun Strowman gave Finn Balor, but done infinitely better, where Braun needed to give Finn two running power slams to put him away rather than one. Like, it was that, it was that show of respect. And I mean, yeah... It isn't a star-making performance of the... Yeah, I agree. But I, I did... I I like Lars more mm-hmm. at the end of this match than I did before. So, yeah, I don't, mission accomplished. I don't know if we'll ever see Lars... From the, off the back of this, it almost felt like I can't see Lars Sullivan being in another championship match. No. Not anytime soon, anyway. So, but, you know... It was it was okay. I gave it three and a half stars. It's probably more than I would have given it, mm. but that's fair enough. Uh, so here we go, main event time. Brilliant. So here's absolutely the, yeah. brilliant. So here's the thing, you and I, I, I think people sort of, not took us to task a little bit, but I think people were a bit surprised at how quote unquote down we were on this match being on this card because you and I said. It's kind of a it's it's a shame that it's on this card because we just had a match with them at the last takeover show. It almost feels like you could have stretched this out further, put Tommaso Ciampa into another match on this card because you had an out of Johnny Gargano being injured and you could have really played up around that and just sort of prolonged this because it, I, especially with the finish of this, it feels like they're going to do another match at Brooklyn Four, and two wrestlers having three back to back takeover matches feels so un NXT. Because NXT feuds are in very quick turnarounds. just feels so weird for them to have this, this three-takeover series. So, And someone sent me a message before the weekend saying, like, which match are you most looking forward to? And I said, like, Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. And they were surprised I didn't say Gargano and Champions. I was like, well, I saw that match last month. And, and then there's the other thing as well. It was an unsanctioned match. This was a street fight. They're the same thing. So it's not like it was even a different step surrounding oh, no, it. No, 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 no. Like context wise it's different because you're saying as a promotion we are not this is not a licensed match we have not endorsed this I match. get that but it's the same, the same oh, oh yeah I get you yeah from yeah yes, from a hardcore standpoint exactly yeah so but I will say that as soon as like the video package played and as soon as this match started I was like god I remember why this this feud rules and this is like it's one of the best feuds of the year it's one of the best feuds that NXT has ever had it's one of the best feuds that WWE has had in many a year I I loved this match. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, so I 
I'm eating humble pie right now because <laughs> after this match, I'm really looking for. After can, I, can, first... I a, can I have a slice? Yes, there you go. Oh, thank my you very friend. much. Have some tea with it. <laughs> humble tea and humble pie. <laughs> we'll have a full humble meal after this. Mm. Uh, with humble dessert, should we get some humble Ooh, dessert? Why not? Oh, humble cheesecake. It's a Sunday. Let's treat ourselves. And uh, the yeah, the, so like after the first match, I really enjoyed it, but I was kind of like, yeah, that's I I'd be happy not to see that again for a, a while and let that stew in the background but then watching this match and what they did with it I yeah well within 10 minutes in I was just so into it and loving it and it did go long and it did have its inconsistencies with a few like why isn't the referee there uh but overall I absolutely adored it I gave it four and three quarter stars because you, personally, I, th- I still think Gargano Almas is the better WWE match of the year, and there's the other lofty one that everyone knows about now. But yeah, the really good stuff. Gargano comes down dressed as Captain America, which was an instant star. I was going to say, I, assume, I thought that's what he was meant to be dressed yeah. as Captain America, and but then I got distracted because Candice LeRae chases up Johnny Gargano's wife, chases up behind him, and hands him the crutch. It was the crutch that was used in the takeover match they had in New Orleans. It was the one that's broken in half. It's like, use this crutch. Now you go kick his ass. And I've just written here, Candice heel turn confirmed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was, I, and then I remembered, yep, <laughs> Vince Russo isn't booking this show. That's not what happened. Literally a booking crutch. <laughs> nice. Uh, the Yeah, and they... So we won't go spot by spot. No. Uh, I'll just mention that they brought into the crowd early on and a blatant fan plant. Nice plant fan, yeah. Yeah, and this isn't... I'm not saying Roman Reigns paid fans, <laughs> but this guy is, like, so built like a wrestler but dressed like a fan around actual fans who aren't built like wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you stick out a bit there, mate. Well, even more than that, he held a sign that said, Johnny Gargano used my sign. And I thought, oh, that's good. I didn't realise he was a plant at first. And I was like, oh, that's quite cool. Yeah. And then I was, and then Champa saw him and I was like, oh, yeah, and Champa's going to tear that up. Excellent little bit of heel heat because he's not even going to use the sign. Mm-hmm. But Champa couldn't tear it up because he was like, what is this? And then Johnny Gargano got it and revealed it was a stop sign inside the sign. And I was like... Yeah, cool, nice plant then. <laughs> I want to know what those plants do after their spot. Do they just sit there and enjoy the rest of the match, do or do they slowly, you know, Renee Young off? <laughs> or the, are they there the whole show, just yeah. waiting, waiting for their moment? John Cena WrestleMania 34 style. <laughs> yeah. So they, I mean, is there anything you wanted? I just want to get to the end. Well, really. I was going to say the the story oh, actually, of. There's so much to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. No, so you, you, you. Well, I was going to say the story of this match and the story of this feud has been that like Tommaso Ciampa is psycho killer and he has been taking things too far and he hurt Johnny Gargano before his championship match with Alistair Black and he put him out in a stretcher and he put him in the hospital and everyone was going like Tommaso Ciampa, you took things too far. The storyline of this match was that the tables were reversed and it was Johnny Gargano that was taking things too far. He played the psycho killer role towards the end of this match and all of the shots were built around with Tommaso Ciampa being put on the stretcher and Johnny Gargano just sitting there looking at him almost with a wave of his own, sitting the way that that Ciampa's been sitting as he's been watching him being taken on a stretcher. It was just really, really beautiful master storytelling Mm. and... And from that standpoint, I just loved this match. Yeah. It's so good. That was the real hook. It was watching Champa drag Gargano down into his well of hate. Yeah, and uh, even like, and I loved. I, I was surprised actually because there was a spot when Gargano uh, Champa took Gargano up the ramp with his arm around him, 
exactly the same as they did at Takeover Chicago oh, last year and then threw him into the, and he did the exact same spot the crowd didn't respond to it as much as I thought they would do I thought the crowd and I don't think the commentators like they said like oh this feels eerily similar mm. but the crowd didn't react to that as much as I thought they would do because mm. then that's such a great spot yeah yeah the the and so the, this was a long match I think it went around 35 40 minutes I think so yeah and it was it was masterfully constructed because they would bring out bits, I'm talking the steel steps, the handcuffs, the crutches, and this brilliant bit, which as soon as it started to happen, Champa gets out the ring, he gets out a toolbox, and then I'm like, oh God, do not use like drills and things. Yeah. Uh, but then he gets some bolt cutters instead, and he starts snipping off the mat, the canvas that goes over the ring. And then he pulls that off, and he pulls off all the protected padding. So it's just the wooden boards. And that's like it for about half the match. So it gives it this really unique, chaotic look just as a visual. I, th- I thought that was such a good spot. And then you almost forget about these things that they've set up. Exactly. It's, loads of, it's like cocking loads of separate Chekhov's guns. I said the exact same thing. My wife came in partway through this match. Her two comments were, I don't like watching that beard man wrestle. He's very mean. It's like he just like he they hit- both got beards, <laughs> well, the really big bushy one, and uh, she was like he just like really hits him hard, and it seems very mean. And then her other comment was like um, the other one's very handsome. Mm-hmm. So two two very different comments on this match. But she thought she like when they did the exposed mat thing, she was like, well, I would have thought that the match would end when Johnny Gargano would then use that against Tommaso Ciampa. And then was, I was like, it's just Chekhov's gun. Mm-hmm. They're just loading off all of these Chekhov's guns. <laughs> to just set up and like things like the trash can in the corner I'd forgotten about the crutches I'd yeah, forgotten about the trash about. can was the, a really yeah, good bit the handcuffs I'd forgotten about it was only the mat one that I'd really remembered but even then they did so much other stuff after it that I had forgotten until they got back in the room I was like oh yeah yeah so you, just by the way a Chekhov's gun for anyone who doesn't know uh, is is from the playwright Chekhov and he said if you if you show a gun in the first act you better fire it by the third act. Otherwise, what's the point of introducing it? It just, you know, the mm-hmm. audience wants set up and payoff. And that's what this all was. It was just set up, set up, set up, payoff, payoff, payoff. It's so satisfying to watch as a viewer. And you, so like the first half of the match, or maybe even two thirds, was them setting up these little bits that are going to play up later on and you forget about them because there's actually so much anarchy elsewhere. Really brutal spots, uh, there was a great callback to the powerbomb to the exposed outside from their previous match. There was a brute... What's that move that Champa does where he... Yeah, and I thought you were going to ask me this because uh, I was trying I to remember... remember what, I was trying to remember what it was called. I know, because Fit Finley used to do it as well. And I, I was trying to think, like, what did Fit Finley call it? Mm. And I couldn't remember what he called it either because that's what I was just going to write in my notes. I could not remember for the life of me. Let's just call it the Finley driver, just for the just for the rest of this. So he does a Finley driver on the off the apron onto the steel steps on Gargano. It looked brutal, uh, and then they, like what you said, Champa carries Gargano up the ramp, arm in arm. It looks it like if you weren't looking it, if you didn't know the story and you just came in here, it could almost be Champa helping a wounded friend up the ramp, mm-hmm. and that's when he's at the top. He throws him into. Uh, the, the the LEDs like he did at the when he first turned on him at Takeover Chicago last year, and Champa's acting performance here is otherworldly, of just screaming because the referee says that's enough, that's enough, and Champa's like it's not enough, it's not enough, you don't know, 
I was just... I was already loving the match, but that just took it to another level of emotion where you start to... Where the villain becomes a three-dimensional force himself. Yes. And you, you're not just buying into the, the, the good guy, you're into the, bait, the, the heel as well. And it just creates for a much more rounded experience. Yeah, oh, I, I loved it. really, really enjoyed this. And then, so they had these tables set up, which um, is almost like NXT's version of the technical area because there were some lights and some bits of paperwork around it. Two laptops. Were there laptops? There on were it? two closed laptops. I didn't. I just saw the paperwork that was there and yeah. the two, and the two uh, little lamps that were there. And um, Champa sets up Gargano up on these sort of like these big crates and stuff, and he takes off Gargano's wedding ring, spits on it, and throws it oh. away. Ultimate sign of disrespect. That that might be my favourite spot in the match. It was even beyond the finish. But then, as he went to pick him up, Gargano reversed it, picked him up, and he hit his own Finley driver, as we're now naming it. It's that, and now with the new, you don't even have to let us know in the comments what the move's called because we now know we know it's called the Finley driver. Everyone's gonna let I us know. know. Well, I know. But they they hit the Finley driver off the stage through these two tables and oof that looked like it sucked mm. they hit so hard I don't know like they didn't bounce no they but, did like, not that's what made me worried it's just that it was just just a yes. slap and also as well because like I believe with the move as well because you've got your arm around their neck it's like it's using like use your arm to mm. kind of protect their neck but Gargano's arm slipped off and so Champa's head just hit the table and hit the floor so hard. So when they started pulling out the stretcher, I thought, I was like, this does feel very real because they're doing a very good job of making this feel real. And then they put him on the stretcher. They start to take the stretcher away. But Johnny Gargano looks and he's not wearing his wedding ring anymore because it's been thrown, it's been spat on. And so he flips out. Mm. And he starts, and he just starts dragging Champa down the ramp. He's like beating up all these security guards. And he locks in the Gargano escape. And Champa taps out. Security guards come in, bats away the security guards, knocks out the referee. He knocked out the referee on the ramp. Well, I don't think he did. He did. He pushed the security guard into the referee. Yeah. Mm. It's a referee, man. You, mm. A gust of wind. Okay. The, that Alistair Black Black Mass would have uh, killed <laughs> <laughs> killed a referee. Um, so the referee has been taken down. So Champa's tapping out, but he wasn't there. Then he gets the handcuffs and he locks Champa in there. Locks the Gargano escaping there. And they film Champa like, tapping out with his hands behind his back. And then the security guards drag Johnny Gargano out of the ring. And he beats them up again. And he goes around, gets back into the ring. Wrong area. Champa DDTs him through the ropes onto the wood that they'd set up earlier and then he just like throws himself on and the referee's like what do you want me to do and Champa's like pin count the pin and Champa's like cool okay and counts yeah. the pin Champa wins and it's so good as well because Champa doesn't have entrance music it's just silence mm. just and heat just heat and it's just really, really great. So many people in the crowd were shocked. Yeah. And really, and it, it got, so, like it was it was this stunned silence. And then when the referee raised Champa's hand and Champa's smiling, the crowd just erupted into booze. Yeah. Like there was a really clear, we're on Gargano's side. Throughout the entire match, the crowd were just as important an element of all of this as the wrestlers themselves. The, yeah, the, 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 this is interesting because usually I like stories where the baby face doesn't sink to the, the heels level. And when they do, I start to disconnect with the baby face and like, oh, you're plunging into darkness and it becomes another story. It's very rare for me to still be on the baby face's side when he's kicking the crap out of Champa. Champa's got his hands handcuffed behind his back. 
and Gargano is just super kick, super kick, five super kicks in a row, I think. Yeah, it was five, and then the Gargano escape. And never did I say in my head, that's enough now, you've had your revenge. I was like, kick him some more. Champa deserves every bit of it. And that's a testament to this story and how great a heel Champa's been. That I I had no problem at seeing a man kayfabe really hurt. Yeah. I, I, I just thought everything throughout this match was really, really great. Um and so and from off and off the back of that, tying into what we were talking about earlier, I don't know what I would pick for my match of the night. Right. Well, this this was very much my one. I gave it four. And th- I've already said four and three quarters. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. It's what I can't think. You you won't see many better hardcore matches. Yeah, that's very than, true. Than, that, than this, I suppose. Uh, yeah, from an in ring standpoint, the opening tag match was my favorite. From a storytelling standpoint, the Velveteen Dream Ricochet one was my favorite. No, let, it me, wasn't. Let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. From a storytelling. Like, but this was the combination of the two, and that made it my favourite match of the night. Ah, oh, no, you can't say this didn't have as much story and character as Dream and Ricochet. All I just said was, from an in-ring standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint, like if you just take, like, take those two in isolations, like that was my favourite in terms of storytelling. Uh-huh. That's my favourite in terms of ring dust. This one did both of those exponentially better and had both of them together. Oh, and- right. I thought you were saying... Oh, that, no, that wasn't a better disturbance of storytelling than this right, one. Right, sorry, that's what I thought you were saying, no. just for clarification. Sorry. We're on the same page. Why do we argue? I don't know. We love each other. Well, what an incredible show it was. I'm just... I, I, love, I love these Sundays. We have to come into the studio. I don't care. I've been so happy. You walk into the studio on NXT TakeOver post days. Yep. And I'm always just sitting there with a big, big grin smile. on my face. Because we just text each other going like, well, that was a great show. Oh. Like, it's going to be really fun to talk about. What a surprise. Wrestling fans love wrestling. But tomorrow, we'll walk in and we'll go, well, like, here's my prediction. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's going to be like, follow that now, Money in the Bank. Uh, Meltzer said, the best match on this show probably won't even be the fourth best of the weekend overall. Just because of the, the top, the best three matches on this show were so good. Uh, I think we're, we'll all say Money in the Bank's going to be rubbish. We'll come in next morning and go... That wasn't so bad. It, yes. Well, did you see um, Drew McIntyre's tweet? No. So he, I mean, very much in character, he was like, this is a call out to the Raw locker room. If you don't look at the talent and the match quality of NXT TakeOver tonight, and you don't think that you can do as good as that, then you don't deserve to be here. Like in so many words, that's essentially what he said. It was a really like good character mm. piece for, for Drew, considering that's the, the role that he's been playing at the moment. Well, I've got no doubt in the main roster, well, most of the main roster wrestlers' abilities it's what they're allowed to do and the, the storylines they're forced to uh, execute. Yes, because they are put into matches that aren't designed to appeal to wrestling fans, really. They appeal to the mainstream audience. The problem is, is that the mainstream audience don't really go to the shows. Hardcore wrestling fans do and don't get into the matches as much. And who's to say that the, the NXT style of wrestling, that's having success all around outside of WWE, wouldn't work for casual and mainstream viewers? Vince McMahon. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.